Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Georgia Dog Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. It did. Wilcox with an up and out. Wide open. Touchdown. Israel Troop. Snap to Young. Drops back. Pressure from the edges. He throws near sideline. And it's intercepted. Intercepted. Keely Ringo at the 21. Off he goes. 40, 50, 45, 40, 35, 30. Near sideline. Breaks the tackle. 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown. 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 Georgia. Good evening, neighborhood. How about them dogs? 32, 18. Let the celebration begin. All right, good evening. What is up? What is up? What is up? It is the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Network. As always, my name is Corey Burton, and not joining me tonight, he is uh, dealing with a little bit of a power outage himself. It is the one and only Israel Troop, but he uh, he cannot make it tonight, and we hope that everything is okay down there in uh, Valdosta in South Georgia with this uh, with this Hurricane Nicole or whatever whatever they're calling it. I guess Hurricane Nicole, Tropical Storm Nicole. Uh, the storm that is blowing through the state of Florida and South Georgia and into the Carolinas. Um, if it is affecting you, please stay safe. Um, so, uh, but like I said, this is the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Network. Lots to talk about. We're going to do it in a very, very short amount of time. Uh, but I'd be remiss if I didn't tell you that we are brought to you by BetOnline.ag. It's the fastest and easiest way to. Bet on all of your favorite sports. They have all the latest props, odds, everything. You can find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, game trends, all of that. It also is your continued source for all sports wagering info. Bet online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. It's the fastest, easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, mixed martial arts, tennis, boxing, golf, and of course, college football as well. You could really bet on the, these elections and some of these runoffs in some of these states. Uh, you could have probably bet on a lot of different things. So head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. Bet online is where the game starts. Okay. So, a uh, quick little note I know it's Thursday. Um, but it still feels good to wake up knowing that we claimed our rightful spot at number one in the college football rankings uh, with a huge, huge win over Tennessee. We'll tell you how to do that and how that ties into this upcoming game with the Mississippi State Bulldogs. I won't dwell on the past too, too much, but a quick note about the college football playoff. Uh, Georgia comes in at number one, Ohio State number two, Michigan three, TCU four, Tennessee five, Oregon six, and uh, I think it's interesting. This college football playoff thing is going to get interesting. I was having some conversations at school today. Uh, we had some conversation last night uh, on SEC After Dark with Steve Willis, Jeff Beach, and Jake Thomas about what these playoff rankings are going to look like. Uh, so 
it's going to be interesting coming down the stretch. It really is. Because, uh, you know, Michigan, Ohio State, they're going to play each other. So that's going to be one one game that's knocked out. You have TCU. If they can run the table, they got a tough they got a tough matchup uh, on Saturday against uh, Texas down in Austin. That's where game day is going to be. Uh, there's a big race in the Pac-12 between Oregon, USC, UCLA. Uh, don't count out Utah. They're a dark horse out there in in, uh, in in the Pac-12 as well. I think they have, I think they have just the maybe the. I think maybe they even have one less. It's interesting out there. So uh, then you have LSU. If they win the SEC somehow, uh, that's going to throw a wrench into this whole thing. Does a two-loss SEC champion get in? I would like to think so, given the recent uh, run of success that the conference is having. Uh, what do they do with the conference championships? Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. Um I don't know. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be fascinating. And and I you know, I'd be I'd be interested to get Israel's take on this. Uh, you know, maybe we might be able to get on here tomorrow morning as well. I might be able to get him back here tomorrow morning uh to do uh to do a quick show, uh to do a quick preview show and get his opinion on this. But as, like I said, keep your eyes peeled. That's all I'm gonna say. Keep your eyes peeled. Uh especially in the Big Twelve. I, I think that's the situation to monitor Texas is making things interesting out there. Uh, Baylor is going to make things interesting with the standings because Kansas State's doing well. Oklahoma State's going to – they're somehow they're still a factor. Um, but TCU, Texas, I I don't know who's going to be playing for the for the Big 12 championship, but I know – but I think I'm pretty confident that TCU is going to be one of those teams. What does the ACC do? You know, you got a one-loss ACC team. Clemson just got thrashed by Notre Dame, so that doesn't look good. Notre Dame's been pretty abysmal uh, for most of the year. They're getting a little bit better, and they're starting to figure some things out under under Marcus Freeman. Uh, but I don't know, man. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough hill for Clemson to climb. I think they come in at seven, maybe, uh, in in the rankings. So they got a tough hill to climb. They're gonna need a lot of help. And poor Alabama, they're gonna need a lot of help to get in. Uh, Tennessee is probably gonna be the team that deserves to be in. They're probably one of the best four teams in the country. But given the circumstances. That's the debate. That's probably real, the, the real debate here. Do the Vols deserve to get in? I think based on success and talent and resume, yes. But the last little bit of that resume is is the conference champions. Uh, they didn't. They didn't. They didn't win their own division. So how do you justify that? Now I know Georgia got in last year by not winning the conference, but they at least won the division. They at least represented the East in the championship game. So. You could say they had some hardware. Tennessee's not going to have that. I think two years ago when Georgia was looking to get in that fourth spot, or maybe it was the COVID year when they were looking to get in that fourth spot, they lost to Florida in the uh, in the SEC in the, in, in the SEC East race. That Georgia-Florida game went Florida's favor. Georgia was sitting there potentially uh, looking to jump into that number four slot. They got the teams that lost in front of them. Uh, they got the help that they thought they needed. But they got jumped because they didn't win a conference championship. They didn't win their division. And, yeah, it sucked at the time because I felt like we were one of the best four teams in the country, and I, I, I still believe that that year. But didn't get it done on the field. So we went to the Peach Bowl, beat Cincinnati in a thriller. Uh, the rest is history. Won the national championship the following season. But it, it, this thing is going to be 
and I'm going to I'm going to leave it at this. This college football playoff is going to help everyone's stance on the need for a 12 team playoff because there's going to be some teams that deserve to be there that aren't that would probably do well in the 12 team playoff and maybe even run the table there'd be five SEC teams in the in the 12 team playoff um, including an old miss team that is pretty dang sporty and this is the first year a lot of these transfer players have played together so uh it, it like it's going to be it's going to be interesting so so stay tuned on that all right um as we look ahead uh you know what went right in the the, the game last week against Tennessee uh the explosive plays returned uh you had some deep shots one to Arian Smith a touchdown to Lad McConkey you had a few nice runs um good chunk plays down the field moving the sticks Stetson what I really enjoyed is that Stetson was the one that dictated the tempo of this game Georgia was the one who dictated the tempo of the game not Tennessee uh they were they were able to get in a rhythm and move the ball. Even, even in a monsoon, they were able to get in a rhythm and move the ball. And that's what the difference was because Tennessee didn't have any answers. And especially since their answers are to answer quick and they weren't able to do that. So they were never really, they could never really get their footing. They were discombobulated. They were shook. The crowd noise affected them. Eight fault start penalties. Eight pre-stat penalties. Uh, not all of them are false starts, but eight pre-stat penalties. Um, couldn't get in a rhythm. Hooker was running for his life. The pocket was collapsing on him. This defense was suffocating and pushing the pocket from the inside. I, I, I said in in our show. I said on the believe pregame show that the difference maker on this defense was going to be Jalen Carter. Was going to be the ability of this defensive line to pr- to create pressure from the inside. And they did just that. They got Hendon off his spot. They didn't allow him to get into a rhythm. They didn't allow him to step into throws like he wanted to, like he probably ha- and like he has all season long. And they didn't allow him to connect with Jalen Hyatt, except for one pass that set up their only touchdown, which was an all-out blitz. And you know, sometimes you, you know, sometimes when 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 you get aggressive, you get burned. But just all you know, just to wrap it up. I mean, we I talked about on illegal motion. That shows out. Talked about last night on SC After Dark. That's out. But this Georgia team was able to dictate how this game went. I was able to dictate Tennessee's tempo by not allowing them to get big plays. They were allowed to dictate what Tennessee's defense was able to do because they were able to move the chains. They were able to get. They were able to hit big clutch passes when they needed it. Stetson broke the pocket one time and 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 won his race to the pylon. And Tennessee could never really settle in and really do much, and and that's that's kind of where that's kind of where the Georgia team's dangerous is if they get off to a hot start offensively, uh, defensively they could suffocate you, and it's hard to imagine that losing that many that much talent off that defense that that they lost and just losing this much the as much talent as they did in general team wide they lost 15 players to the NFL draft. And several more on graduation, a couple more probably transferred and things like that. Would have never thought, and, and, and I knew that I knew that six and a half points per game was not going to be realistic, but I think they're sitting at somewhere like 10 and a half, 11 and a half, somewhere. That's still re- insanely ridiculous. I think every team in the, I think it's number one in total defense. It is ridiculous numbers. And, and the fact that they're able to continue to do these things 
is nothing short of remarkable. So uh, if you want to join on the chat, uh, make sure you hit the uh, hit that subscribe button. Uh, make sure you get in on social media, get in on the YouTube channel. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Uh, join in. Uh, I, I could use a little bit of company. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, I mean, I just, you know, when you, when you look at the way this team plays, they just play more together. I think collectively as a unit, they've had to. And I think that's the reason why they're so good is they've had to figure out, okay, we can't rely on the Kobe Dean. We cannot rely on Jordan Davis now. We can't rely on our corners to bail us out. We can't rely on Quay Walker. We can't rely on these pieces. And even Saturday, they couldn't rely on Nolan Smith, which was a get-out-of-jail-free card in a lot of situations. So in order to so in order to do that, they have to play more complementary uh, on that side of the ball. And offense has to be a little bit more explosive, take a little more chances, and they did, and they do. And they've, they found... Um, they found Brock Bowers to be a weapon. They found Marcus Rosemary Jackson, who made an incredible catch in the back of the end zone. Uh, and, and they found some other options uh, with A.D. Mitchell being down, with Brock Bowers being limited by design um, because Tennessee's defense took that away. And, and they made it a point to take that away. They said, hey, we're not getting beat by Brock Bowers. So they took that away. But other people stepped up, and that was that was awesome. That was what we wanted. So, uh, putting that game in the rear view, uh, the 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 Bulldogs primed. Like I said, the title of the show: the Bulldogs are primed to invade Starkville uh, to take on the other Bulldogs. When I say the other Bulldogs, I'm talking about the Mississippi State Bulldogs, and uh, they're they're primed to take them on. Uh, I think it's going to be again. They, they go to the land of the cowbells and. Uh, and that's going to be, you know, Mike Leach has got a heck of a team. You know, they, they do a good job. They, they have a unique scheme. My allergies are killing me, by the way. Um, they have a unique scheme. They do a lot of good things well. Will Rogers, uh, third year in the program, is absolutely outstanding. Uh, so this game's going to be tough. You know, this game's going to be tough. Um, it's a night game. Cowbells are, 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 uh, are loud. Uh, but this is this is a team that, you know, maybe maturity. They lack a little bit of maturity, but um, I'm talking about Mississippi State, not Georgia. But uh, but yeah, for Georgia, they're going to have to get up with. They're going to have to get after the passer. Um, you know, they they struggle with that all season long. They came up with six sacks against Tennessee, um, who had only given up 13 on the season. So they figured out a way to get pressure. Um, you know, they had to get a little more creative than they thought they would. Uh, but, you know, in order to get Mississippi State, they're going to have to do this. They're going to have to play a little bit of zone. They're going to have to play a little bit of man. They're going to have to mix some things up and confuse Will Rogers and force him into making throws that he doesn't want to make. All right. Uh, and, and that's how you avoid it. All right. Georgia's averaging 40 points per game. That ranks them 11th nationally. Here's some numbers. Um, the red and black Bulldogs, the good guys, uh, so to speak, they outscore their opponents 361 and 97. Um, they have, uh, and, and they do that a lot. A lot of that comes 208 to 41 in the opening half. Um, they have converted 50 of 51 times in the red zone with 35 touchdowns, 15 field goals. So a little bit of tail of the tape of what this Mississippi State defense is going to be going up against. Um, so they're going to have to slow that down uh, because, like I said, 
Georgia was the one with the explosive plays. Georgia's the one who got in the rhythm. Stetson Bennett showed what he can do. He finally ran. That was a factor. He needed to run. So, uh, and, and they do extremely well in the red zone. They convert. Um, they get points, and most of them touchdowns. So, I, 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 like, I like what I see here. But for Georgia, um, they're going to have their hands full defensively um, because Mississippi State is also outscoring opponents 76-14, to 14, especially in the first quarter. So Mississippi State is a team that starts fast. All right, they're 13-4 and four when they score first. So if you let them score first, the, those numbers aren't in our favor, but there's a lot of things that come into mind here like depth. Um, is, is, is one thing uh, Georgia's creative creativity on defense and getting pressure on the passer um, that the pressure has shown up in different ways, not just, not just tackles for loss and sacks. It's shown up in different ways in, in, in all the big games that we've played so far. But I think the fact that we're able to now start to pile on some sacks in, in those numbers show that this defense is finally taking that next step of, okay, we're, we're getting in the quarterback's face. Now we've got to get hits on them. And then now we've got to get get him to the ground. I think they're going to continue to do that. Will Rogers is just as talented as anybody else. But let's be honest, this defense is a nightmare for anybody. Hooker probably woke up with cold, cold sweat Saturday night as soon as he got home. He's like, oh God, I, you know, having nightmares by getting sacked again. Javon Bullard had two sacks himself from from the nickel or safety position, right? They get pressure from different spots, and you're starting to see some of last year's scheme come coming creeping back in a little bit, which is scary because that means that this defense is starting to figure themselves out, and they can start getting creative pressures. They played a little conservatively at the start of the year, um, but they're they're getting more and more aggressive um, as the season goes, and that's going to be trouble for anyone uh, in their path. Which the first team in their path is Mississippi State. But this game is always scary in Starkville. The, the the cowbells are always a factor. Crowd noise, winning on the road is tough. We 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 learned that at Missouri. Um, we learned that and prevented that against South Carolina. But that was a noon kick. Had that been a night game, maybe it goes differently. South Carolina certainly improved since then. Uh, you know, Missouri's a tough team at home. Uh, fortunately, we were able to get Tennessee in in Sanford. And be able to affect that game. Um, thankfully, Oregon was a neutral site game, uh, so I'm 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 very very stoked about that. I'm very happy about that. So this is going to be a game. This is going to be a test of hey, we're number one. We're finally ranked high. We're doing all the right things. Can we go out and can we execute? Did not do so against Kent State um, and Missouri. All right. Did not do so in some other situations, but it's a different scenario now. Later in the season, this team has grown up a little bit. Kirby is not going to let them eat the rat poison, as he says. So, um, lastly, I think a key to this game is going to be special teams. Um, you know, Mississippi State. Their kickoff return unit leads the nation in 29 yards per return. Uh, Ledetric Griffin leads the nation in yards per kick return, 33.2. His career average is 33.8. Is tops among active FBS players. Uh, he had a big game against Auburn. He had 144 yards on three kick returns. 
gave him five career games with 100 plus kick returns. It's also tied for a school record, a school career record. So, uh, special teams is a phase that any football person will tell you if you slip up, if a team catches you lacking in special teams, that's a huge momentum getter. And at home with those damn cowbells, if Georgia doesn't have their stuff together in, in, uh, in special teams, State could find an edge here. Mississippi State could find an edge here. Uh, Georgia's been really sharp in the punt game. Uh, the Probably Brett Thorson probably had one of the best punts I've ever seen. Uh, pinned, pinned them inside the one, I think, I think it was like an 82-yard punt when it was all said and done. Pinned them at the one. It took a perfect bounce and went at, at the perfect angle and dove right in front of that pylon. It was an amazing kick. So Georgia has the advantage in that, so they need to keep that going. Uh, but the kickoff coverage team has got going to have their hands full with uh, with Datrick Griffin. So um, it's going to be interesting. So a uh, couple picks. I'm going to get into some picks here. Uh, I, I know Israel, uh, I know you guys are used to hearing his picks, and, and hopefully he'll – Hopefully he'll come through, and uh, maybe we can get a show in uh, tomorrow. We can we can do a more uh, canceled. Uh, maybe we could do a little more uh, canceled, but maybe we could do a little more uh, beefier of a pick segment. So I'm gonna go with. I'm I'm just gonna basically regurgitate the picks that I that I've made uh, this week on both the shows that I've been on. So uh, starting with the legal motion, we picked UCF at Tulane. I took Tulane minus two. Uh, Alabama at Ole Miss. I think that one's going to be insane. And I have a hard time. I said this last night on SEC After Dark. I just right now, as conservatively and soft as Alabama is playing right now, they have no identity on offense. They don't have an edge on defense, which they have players that can give you an edge, but they just don't use it. Um, and, and they're just playing scared football because they don't have an identity on offense or maybe they're playing scared because they don't think they I, I don't know what I don't know what's the missing part here but they can certainly go out and just crush Ole Miss I just don't think they will I think Ole Miss is going to cover or win outright I mean I could see Ole Miss easily winning this game more outright but I'm just going to go with conventional wisdom I'm going to take the points here double digit point double digit point spread I don't think is for Alabama right now I think that's I don't know I'm just not buying it uh Washington at Oregon. This is an important game for Bo Nix. Bo Nix has entered the Heisman race. If if Oregon's going to jump themselves up in the rankings, if they're going to stay alive, they need to keep winning because their only loss is to the number one Georgia Bulldogs where they got shellacked in that Chick-fil-A kickoff. All right. They're a different team now. They're more explosive. They found their identity. They settled in under Dan Lanning, first-year coach, who's doing a heck of a job, maybe up for, for national coach of the year. Uh, with with the circumstances they've gone through. But they host a Washington team that's very, very tough. Um, but this is a road game for Washington. Autzen Stadium um, is a tough, tough place to play. Those fans are right on top of you. It's loud. So I'm going to take Oregon minus 13.5. I still think they cover, uh, but it's going to be a tough cover. It's going to be one that's probably going to leave me nervous all day long. I, the over-under set at 72.5. I don't think they're going to get there. I, I, I would take the under. Uh, or just stay away from that altogether. Next game is TCU at Texas. 
Uh, this is a very, very important game for TCU, but the fact that they're favored and they're ranked fourth in the country, the fact the fact that TCU is plus seven seems to me like easy money. So I'm going to take TCU plus the seven because I, I think they're either going to win or they're going to lose a close one here because they're – if, if there's there's got to be something I don't know, there's got to be something going on with TCU that I'm that I'm not aware of. So um, I'm gonna take the Horn Frogs here plus seven. Uh, Florida State at Syracuse. I'm gonna take Florida State. They're red hot. Syracuse is without Garrett Schrader, so I feel like that's gonna be some easy money there. Uh, Wisconsin minus one and a half and a pick them at Iowa. It's a freaking toss up. The spread says so. The over under set at thirty four and a half. That's too low. I think I think that could go over. But I'm going to pick Wisconsin. They're going to rally around uh, what's worst-kept secret in the world, new head coach Jim Leonard. He's interim right now. But let's be honest. And, and Matt Perkins will be coy about it. But he's going to be the next head coach. Let's be honest about that. And and and, and uh, the Hebrew Hammer, Burn, uh, Matt Bernstein and, and Perko, they're going to be excited about Jim Leonard because he's the real deal. All right. Uh, some of the other SEC games that we picked, Missouri at Tennessee. I think that's going to be a bloodbath. Tennessee is going to be out to prove that they want to be in the college football playoff. So they're 21-and-a-half-point they're fairs. I think they're going to cover every bit of that. I think this is going to be, uh, like I said, it's going to be kind of a bloodbath there. Um, I think uh, when you look at the other game, Vanderbilt at Kentucky, that's an interesting one because Vanderbilt is very, very sporty. But I think Kentucky's going to cover that. I, I think they're licking their wounds a little bit. They have a lot to prove, a lot to play for still. So uh, they're playing for a good bowl slot, and you know they're 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 playing recruiting things like that. And I, I think at home they're going to be very tough. Their defense is good. Uh, AJ Swan is a really good quarterback, but I just don't think they're going to cover that. Then you got LSU minus three at Arkansas. Uh, bitter rivalry. Again, playing on the road in the SEC is not easy, but Arkansas is limping to the finish line uh, this season. They just got their ass handed to them by Liberty uh, in embarrassing fashion. So I'm not a huge believer in the Hogs. I want to be, but I'm not. LSU has got SEC championship berth on their minds, which is something I think after the Tennessee game they didn't think would happen in a million years. So um, hats off to LSU and Boudreaux Kelly. For getting the family, getting them rallied around the cause, man. This LSU team, as much as I joke about Brian Kelly, he's done a hell of a job. He might even be coach of the year with with the start that they had against Florida State, uh, losing in the manner that they lost in, uh, losing in the manner they lost to against Tennessee was flat-out embarrassing for them to bounce back. This is a special team. Jaden Daniels, they figured some things out with them. He's tough, man. He's tough. I think LSU is going to cover the minus three on the road. They may cover that. They may double that. So I'm I'm, I'm, I'm very much there. Uh, South Carolina at Florida. Florida, eight-point favorites at the Swamp. I love that spread. Anthony Richardson's finally starting to kind of polish a little bit. Very still wildly inconsistent, but played really well last week on the road against Texas A&M, led, led the Gators to a big win there. So um, I, I think he's turning a corner, and he's going to be very, very dangerous. So give me the Gators in that one. Uh, A&M at Auburn. Again, Cadillac is uh, auditioning for the head coaching job. Texas A&M just can't seem to figure out and get out of their own way. 
So I'm going to take the Auburn Tigers here at home. I think they're going to hold home serve. Um, and that's the only reason I'm picking them is because it's a home game in the SEC. And then, of course, Georgia at Mississippi State. I didn't really tell you if they were going to cover or not. Georgia's 16.5-point favorites on the road at Mississippi State. The thing I've maintained this season is that the home team has held serve. The home team has played well at home in most cases, unless your name is Kentucky or South Carolina. Um, but Mississippi State has a really tough home environment. They're typically very, very pesky at night. Mike Leach is doing a heck of a job. That scheme is tough to defend. That air raid scheme is tough to defend with the meshes, the four verticals, uh, the running game they found somehow. He's running the ball a little bit more. Their offensive line is good. They protect the passer. Will Rogers is extreme, has extreme intelligence. I say all of that to say that Georgia's still going to cover the spread. I think Georgia's going to win by 17 points at, le- at bare minimum. Uh, because of the depth that they have up front, I, I just don't think that Mississippi State's going to be able to going to be able to hold them out for four quarters. I think it's going to be a lot like what happened against Tennessee early on. It was okay. They found ways to get the quarterback off rhythm, but they didn't really get in his face all that much. And then they found ways. Then they found little cracks here, and they they they, and eventually Tennessee broke. And uh, I think that's going to happen. I think Georgia's going to going to pull away. The weather should be should be okay. So, um, so there, yeah. So, uh, but that's going to do it. I'm going to wrap this thing up right here. Um, Richardson is overrated, Jason. Yeah, eh. at times I think um, I think he is at times. He's certainly inconsistent. He certainly wasn't overrated last week. He threw some freaking dimes last week against Texas A&M. Maybe he's turning a corner. Maybe maybe he's not. Maybe he's turning back, to, going back the other way. We'll see. I guess we'll find out this weekend, right, Jason? So uh, that's going to do it for us. Uh, Jason, I thank you for joining us uh, on, on Facebook there. Um, but uh, we hope you have a great weekend. We hope you stay safe. Um, I hope to come back to you uh, tomorrow night or actually tomorrow morning with Israel. Maybe we can uh, maybe we can go a little bit more in depth as well. But I just wanted to get this thing out there. And, uh, you know, we, we this is the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Network presented by betonline.ag and ButcherBox. And uh, we thank you for listening. We thank you for watching. Subscribe, find us, uh, and, and, and get on board because it, it's a fast-moving train. We're growing each and every week. And uh, we're going to get this thing going right. So, Uh, We thank you. Have a great weekend and always, and as always, go dogs. Thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.